and when I saw what awesome people were working in the movement, I became more and more active quite fast. Hello everyone and welcome back to Humans of the Pro-Life Movement, a segment of the Pro-Life Guys podcast where we seek to highlight some of the unsung heroes of the pro-life movement. Some of the people, the activists, the leaders in the movement who are working tirelessly to defend and protect preborn children. I'm really excited today. Usually we have uh, guests mostly from Canada. We've had some from outside. But today I have a guest and a friend from Austria who is involved in the organization Pro-Life Europe. And I'm really excited to chat with her today to talk about some of the work that she and her colleagues are doing to defend life in Europe and to raise up a generation of pro-life leaders and activists who will do that very thing uh, throughout the countries of Europe. So today my guest is Manuela Steiner of Pro-Life Europe. Manuela, thank you so much for taking the time and joining me on Humans of the Pro-Life Movement. Thank you, Peter. I'm so excited to be on. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited as well. We met just for the audience uh, about a year ago at the Abortion Awareness Project in Florida. Um, and I want to I touch on that just briefly in a moment. But before we get there, could you share with me a little bit about who you are? Who is Manuela Steiner? So like you said, I'm from Austria, so living in Central Europe, the heart of Europe, we always like to say. I am 28 years old and I am the youngest of three children. I actually was an unplanned child myself, so I have a very personal um, aspect within the pro-life movement as well. My parents were, yeah, they were done with family planning after uh, two kids and eight years after my brother, then all of a sudden my mom was pregnant and I came along. And I'm so, so thankful that though I was unplanned, I know I was never unloved. And I'm just really happy to, to be here and be alive and also be allowed to be a part of the pro-life movement. Um, for me personally, what's there to know, I am a huge cat person. I have two cats and chances are high that they are at some time going to just cross through the camera here because that's what they constantly do. <laughs> and also I am a fan of the Lord of the Rings. When I'm not working in the pro-life movement, I am reading something from Tolkien and yeah, most of my time, actually, I am spending with work for the pro-life movement because during this work, I have also met some of my closest friends. So work and privacy has somehow blended over. I have been the uh, maid of honor for one of my colleagues last year, a friend of mine who is also working for pro-life Europe has actually become a father yesterday. His wife was in labor yesterday night. They have a girl. So the pro-life movement is somehow constantly around me. Yeah. That's wonderful. Congratulations to your colleague and his wife. That's really, really exciting. 
And I love how you, you know, you talk about how you were an unplanned child. Uh, you came eight years after your, uh, your other sibling, your other brother. But you highlighted the fact that through that you were loved. And that's one of the tragedies uh, that we see when we're, you know, fighting for for the rights of preborn children is that there are a lot of people out there who are not loved. And that's one of the justifications people use to, uh, you know, for abortion. Now, was that part of did, did that kind of come into play with your decision to join the pro-life movement? Or how did you get involved in the movement to save these babies? My personal story or my mother's story has been yeah on my mind constantly my mom is a very passionate woman and she has been telling me the story very often um i think it has impacted me a great deal yes um especially one part which is sometimes forgotten because um so my mom is really a strong woman she was a nurse and like she's like i said she had two kids and she did very well but when she was pregnant with me she was in her late 30s and without any indication of that something might be wrong with with me, her um, gynecologist um, asked her if she would consider an abortion. And despite the fact that my mom is such a strong woman, I know how much that affected her. And that's when I realized really how how important a role the doctors have in our society, and how much such a such an easy comment from a doctor can can make the difference in a woman's choice if she's not so strong like my mother was um apart from that personal connection it was i think to some part also the idea of finding like-minded people which made me um yeah made me active and made me join a pro-life youth group in austria in the first hand um that's also why I have so many close friends in the movement, because I was really somehow the only person in all of my friends circles from school or university who was conservative, who was pro-life. And so searching for like-minded people my age was, I think, the biggest motivation for me to get started. And when I saw what awesome people were working in the movement, I became more and more active quite fast. And now I've been uh, able to work full time for almost three years now. Wow. So so could you talk about that um, briefly? So tell us a little bit about what you did, um, you know, in the first few years of your time in the movement. And then tell us about the journey to the inception of Pro-Life Europe. The first thing I did in the movement was attending an outreach here in my hometown in Austria. And my training beforehand was basically non-existent. We were told, yeah, we're going to do this because it's important. And you could start with questions like, when does human life begin? Or how do you think, what's your opinion about abortion? Or just try what feels comfortable for you and see where it goes. I had zero experience. I had zero techniques. I had basically no arguments to use, but I was just like, yeah, it's important that we're going to do this. And, and soon after I gave my first talk in front of a school class, which was also very interesting, which is one of the most important things Youth for Life Austria is doing, giving talks, always a boy and a girl within uh, school classes. And um, 
like I said, that's what I started. That's where I started. And I think it was in 2017 when the head of uh, Youth for Life Austria um, mentioned he had met a girl from, from the US called Bethany Jensen. You also met her last year in Florida. She was uh, active at Students for Life back then. And this is when we first had the idea of something like a similar movement here in Europe, because we realized we have to get to the universities. Being at schools is great. Giving talks in schools is a first step, but we have to get to universities, which has basically never been done, at least in Central Europe. And it's also a lot more difficult than it is in the US because in most European countries, our culture on universities is so different. Our campuses are not what they are in the US. There are basically no clubs anywhere. We have no sports clubs at universities, no debating clubs. Most of universities don't even have a band or a choir, nothing. So students, they take the train, go to university, attend their classes and leave to go back home. So it's much more difficult to have this culture of being there together and starting groups and getting active for, for um, things that they feel passionate about apart from their studies. But it's possible, though it's something new for us and it can be done, which is what our idea behind Pro-Life Europe was. And so we stayed in contact with Bethany to think about how can we do this in Austria? What is necessary? What are they doing in the US? How can we somehow take this for Austria? And I don't know, within the first months we realized if we're gonna do this, it's gonna be a huge project and it doesn't make sense to just stay in Austria because the things that we struggle with here are the same in almost every European country. Plus, we in Austria were one of the few countries who actually has an existing and active pro-life youth organization. There are countries like the Netherlands, where we met volunteers from other organizations who were all saying there is zero opportunity for young people to get active. There actually are students contacting them, asking, how can I help? What can we do in my generation? And they were just basically t turning them down because they didn't have a program, they didn't have means how to use the young people. And so we realized what we want to do in Austria, we can do in almost every European country. And this is when the idea of Pro-Life Europe was born. That's why also we have an English name, so we can use it kind of as a brand going through all the European countries. We are united because none of us speak English, but we all use it so we can we can really go to every country and basically create sort of a brand, unite young people, students, people from, people from schools through all over the continent, united under one banner to stand up for life. And that's what the idea was. And two years ago, actually, on... March 24th, so we will be celebrating our second birthday on Wednesday is when we founded Pro-Life Europe. Wow, that's wonderful. I, I know I first heard about Pro-Life Europe last February, like I mentioned, at the Abortion Awareness Project and was really, really excited about the work that you were doing. Now, your goal is to get into universities. Your goal is to activate young people across Europe uh, to be involved in the fight against abortion. 
Could you share, uh, I guess, how you, you know, get into these universities, how you get in contact with these students and what countries you're in right now as Pro-Life Europe? Well, the last question actually is difficult to answer because we are growing fast right now, despite all the um, problems we are having with the COVID restrictions, we are growing. I think we are officially active in nine countries right now. Um, that's apart from Austria, Germany, and Switzerland. So the German-speaking countries is the Benelux region, so the Netherlands, Belgium, and Luxembourg, Hungary, Poland, and just newly added Portugal. Wow. It's great that we're growing, but of course also every new country is a new challenge because every new European country is a new culture, is basically a new language, is new laws, new problems in the in the society and new culture overall so growing is awesome but also every country is a new challenge but still that's what we what we wanted to do and what we're up for and um, our approach is it also depends on the country because not every country has the same restrictions and possibilities at their university campuses for example, in Germany, there is a possibility to actually register as an official university student group because then you are an official partner of the university. You are allowed to hand out flyers on the campus. You can rent rooms for movie nights and stuff. So in Germany, this is one of our goals to actually get registered and acknowledged by the universities, which has already proven very difficult in some in some cities and with some universities, some have been very open. Others are actually trying to get to do as much as possible for us to not be active at their universities, which was to be expected. In other countries, like in Austria, there are no groups at universities whatsoever. So there we are trying to find like-minded students from those universities and and bringing them together. We have a basic rule that with three people, you can start a group. So the first step is to find a person there who wants to start a group or wants to be active in a group. Once we have this one person as a contact, we organize a first get together. If possible, it's an in-person meeting with one of our team members sharing what is pro-life Europe, why is it necessary to have pro-life Europe, and especially what impact can a student group really have at their university. And then we are waiting for a few people to get together, and that's when we start the group, then we start the trainings. Our groups have two main focuses of activity, which are basically education and support. So every activity they are doing should either be something like an outreach, a movie night, or a discussion evening to educate their peers, or they are creative and do active support for women in pregnancy crisis or also young mothers on their university. One of my favorite examples is one of our German groups. They posted flyers that they were offering free babysitting during exam times. So that's one of my most favorite support ideas because we are 
in itself, we are not a counseling organization. We don't want to be a pregnancy counseling organization, but we want to educate the young generation. We want to activate the young generation and we want to partake in a cultural change. And this is why the counseling itself, we don't see as our, our strength. We have partners and if women in pregnancy crisis contact us via one of our social media channels or, or meet some group member, then we are directing them to counseling agencies where they know they will be in good hands. And our focus is a different one. That's that's wonderful. The, the example of uh, your German friends providing free childcare during exams is wonderful. I mean, for for students who have children and need to write exams. I'm a student. I, I also have, have children. Um, thankfully, my wife is not uh, writing exams at the same time I am, but uh, I can see where the challenge would come. And so that's a, a wonderful opportunity for the pro-life movement to show itself as a, a movement that does care for both the mother and the child. So as I mentioned, you joined us with Bethany Jansen at the Abortion Awareness Project. I'm just curious, uh, how did you hear about the Abortion Awareness Project and what were some of the things that you learned during the project that you thought was important to take back to pro-life Europe? I heard about a project um, via Jonathan van Meren. He was a guest at our Impact Congress in Austria the year before. So that was fall 2019. And... He has been in contact with Bethany. That's a whole different story, how we got to, to get to know each other. But he said, yeah, um, CC Bar Hour is having this training week. And he thinks that it would be great for us in Pro-Life Europe if we could participate. And that's when we basically registered. It was an awesome opportunity. And I have very fond memories to this week. I can I can hardly believe it's already been a year and what a year it has been. <laughs> But it w I'm so thankful that I had the opportunity to join for this week because I learned so much. We basically took home every advice you got from you and your team, the whole strategy behind an outreach, the whole trainings. We adapted, of course, for Europeans, but we took as much as possible and are trying to train our group members in the same way so we, that we are able to have just as fruitful um, talks at universities or at streets whenever it's possible to do an outreach activity. Yeah, so I have I've learned so much and I have really, we have changed a lot thanks to, the, to all the things we learned in Florida. That's so great to hear. We, we were so excited that you came as well and, and we love the the partnership and the work that we're able to do together. Um, yeah, now that we're working together in our various corners of the earth. Uh, I'm just curious as well. So you've been involved uh, for several years, Manuela. What would you say is one of your favorite moments or one of your favorite stories as a pro-life activist? That's such a tough question because there have been so many, yeah, so many highlights in my career, if I may say so. I remember one time I was in a school class with a friend and it was 14 year olds and it was just boys. And beforehand the teacher was, we were in, in another class from this teacher and in the end she was, she, yeah, she just loved our talk and she said, yeah, I have another class. But at first 
I thought, yeah, it's just boys. They don't need to hear this. But now I'm thinking maybe they should. And we were like, yes, of course. It's awesome. We want to have this talk in front of those boys. And I think those were the best two hours I ever spent in a classroom. They were so active. They were so involved. And it was so encouraging to see those 14-year-old boys going out there with the feeling, A, abortion is a topic that is just as important to them as it should be to every female. B, it's in their hands to really make a difference once they ever are or their girlfriend is in the situation of an unplanned pregnancy. And it was so encouraging to really see what an impact I and my friend that we could have with those boys in those short two hours. So that's really a highlight for me. That's that's really, really great to hear. And that's something uh, I'm sure you've seen that at, at other points as well. I know we've seen that here. Uh, having a conversation with students about abortion, showing them what abortion is and, and the real injustice of it. Uh, often gets people motivated to do something uh, and to to know that they are are to be involved in the movement as well. So thank you for that. Uh, as we as we start wrapping this up, you are doing some great work with Pro-Life Europe. You're involved in nine different countries, as you said, uh, connecting with universities, starting uh, university groups, uh, providing support for students, raising awareness about what abortion is. If there's someone who's listening to this, who wants to get involved with Pro-Life Europe or, or wants to connect in any way, how can they reach out to you and how can they find you? So there are different channels, of course, everybody who wants to support us, everybody who wants to support our vision of a pro-life Europe without abortion, we can find your way how to help us. To all the young people in Europe who might be listening in, just go to Instagram or Facebook or TikTok and find us at pro-life Europe. You can also check out the the pages of our various groups because every Pro-Life Europe group has their own social media sites so you can see their actions um, and the people behind every single group which which shows really the, the size of the movement. Um, the biggest issue for us, I think, which is probably the same for most pro-life organizations, of course, is reaching the necessary funds because we don't need very many materials. We don't need, I don't know, videos, movies, or whatever. We need people. We need people to support the groups. We need people to train the groups. We need people to find volunteers to want to start a group. Um, during our first year, we, we realized it takes about 50 hours to just get one group really started and equipped and trained. And that's a lot of manpower and that take we need people who are hired for our organization so they feel really responsible and we really have them push our volunteers in the groups. So what we need mostly are funds and it's very easy to support us. Just go to prolifeeurope.org slash donate where you can support us or I am very happy to to answer all questions, you can reach me uh, if you just write to info at prolifeeurope.org. That email would also reach me and I'm happy to answer all questions. Or if you feel like you have a great idea that would fit the ideas behind Pro-Life Europe, I'm very, very happy to hear all of your thoughts. 
Thank you for that, Manuela. I'm going to put the the website and your email address in the show notes as well. So if people are watching on YouTube or listening on their podcast catcher, just check out the show notes and you can uh, learn more about Pro-Life Europe, prolifeeurope.org or reach out info at prolifeeurope.org. And I just want to say, uh, Manuela, you mentioned at the beginning that there were people who were turned away from the movement. They wanted to do something, but there were just no opportunities to, to do something in their nation. And those days are gone. Uh, thanks to Pro-Life Europe, thanks to the work of Manuela Steiner, Bethany Jansen, and the rest of their team, there are no more excuses not to get involved in the pro-life movement, not to start a group uh, in your country, in Europe anymore. So do reach out to Pro-Life Europe. They have, some, uh, they have an amazing team. They have some amazing resources. And they can help you do what they what you can to get started to defend and protect preborn children in your country. And like Manuela said, one of the 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 obstacles that many pro life move organizations face as they seek to work full time to defend preborn children is finances. So if you are in a position to uh, support pro life Europe, the work that they're doing, the team there. Um, and to make sure that the message of life re- gets out to more and more countries, to more and more people, to more and more universities, do support them, do financially partner with them, prolifeeurope.com. Uh, that's not true. Prolifeeurope.org uh, slash donate, prolifeeurope.org slash donate. Manuela, thank you so much for taking the time and joining me. Thank you, Peter. Thanks so much for the opportunity. It is my pleasure. That is Manuela Steiner of Pro-Life Europe. Like I mentioned, do get involved in the work that they are doing. My name is Peter. I'm the host of the show. As I mentioned at the beginning, Humans of the Pro-Life Movement is a segment of the Pro-Life Guys podcast. And the Pro-Life Guys podcast exists to train you, to educate you, to be a better pro-life advocate, to give you the conversational tools and tactics that you can use on the streets. And these are not ones created in a basement. These are ones that have been time-tested, that have been street-tested, that have been used to change thousands, countless minds on the topic of abortion, uh, a lot in Canada, but throughout North America and Europe as well, through the work that uh, Bethany and and, uh, Manuela are doing with Pro-Life Europe. So do get check out the Pro-Life Guys podcast. We also want to talk about pro-abortion justifications and, and navigate our way through them, how we can understand them and how we can respond to them effectively. We have conversations with some of our heroes, some of the, the people in the movement who are doing some really, really great things. Some examples are Scott Klusendorf with the Life Training Institute. Uh, we had Stephanie Gray Connors on. We had Jonathan Van Maren. Uh, we talked to Dr. Ryan Wilson with Canadian Physicians for Life. Uh, who is who is a doctor? Talked about some of the, you know, finer details of the abortion conversation when it comes to the medical side of things. And so, do check out the Pro Life Guys podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to Humans of the Pro Life Movement. My name is Peter, and we hope you tune in again next time.